0: And welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. This is our Christmas special. You're gonna love this podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Lena Abichamra. I'm your host, and I am so glad you're here. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that every week or two, we invite somebody to come with me on the show and we talk about hope. We talk about hope from every angle. We've talked about hope in difficult situations in life. Today, we're just going to focus on hope at the Christmas season. And honestly, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, today, I'm having one of my best friends on. Her name is Tina Wachke. If you have been at all part of the ministry, <laughs> followed me at all uh, in speaking, she's come with me to events. Uh, she is just my sidekick. So Tina, I will tell them more about you in a minute, but Hi.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. Welcome, Tina. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm uh, actually sitting in the office surrounded by red and green bins filled with decorations for Christmas. So it's very appropriate. Wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. This is interesting. See, I would have predicted that you would have had the whole house decorated by now. I know. So as you know, we just moved to Michigan this year. And so our whole decorating schedule was thrown off by the fact that we had to drive to Chicago for Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend is when we decorate. So,
0: well, one question, um, why would you move from Michi- from Chicago to Michigan?
1: <laughs> why? <laughs> um, Joe, my husband, you know him as Joe, your listeners now know him. Um, He got a job here in Grand Rapids area, and back in April, we picked up uh, us, our three kids, and moved here to Grand Rapids, and we've been loving it. We're smitten with the mitten, as they say. Well,
0: I I, I have to say, I've been watching your Instagram and your Facebook, and you do seem to really love this Michigan, which has fascinated me, because... Tina, you and I go a long ways. And yeah, it really was a sudden move. I can't say that it was at all expected when you told me you were moving. Yeah. This is sudden for you. Your whole family's in Chicago. Right. So this is your first um, season away from holiday season away from the family. And it has pros and cons. And in fact, you're married and I'm not. So maybe we can even introduce. Um, I This is really probably my favorite part. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, maybe you could tell our listeners how you and I first met. <laughs>
1: of course you want me to share this with your listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> I
0: like this. You guys, this is an awesome story. I just want to prepare you. Today we're just going to have some fun. but today yeah. I believe it happened years ago. It and Remind me again. I can't remember all the details
1: ever. I would be happy to share. Um, it happened when my daughter, Ella, who is um, my second of three kids, Um, Right after she was born, our church had a women's event, and I was really tired. I didn't have um, plans to go. I didn't know anyone that was going, but I ended up going, sitting in the back row, and lo and behold, um, Lena Abu-Jamra was the main speaker. I had never seen or heard um, you before, but I just loved your talk. I don't even remember... Um, exactly what it was about, but you were just so real and so down to earth, and I had never heard anyone speak like that, and so I went home so encouraged, and I wrote you kind of- That's my secret part, by the way. Yeah, I wrote you a stalker letter. I looked up your address. It was so long ago, I might have looked in the white pages. I don't know, but I sent you a letter saying how um, awesome and amazing you are, how encouraged I was, and- my
0: biggest regret in life to this day has remained that I did not save that letter.
1: <laughs> well, you yeah. probably got so many, you know, you were just like, Oh,
0: well, we, we like the tease because if you know, Tina, I mean, she's, she's very funny. And I think that, uh, the idea that, that our friendship started with her sending me a fan letter is just <laughs> hilarious. Speaking of fans, we were our Christmas special was supposed to be uh, quite a famous speaker slash writer, and and she will remain unnamed yeah. on the show. But she, um, you know, it, I, I should have had you on from the beginning. I don't know why I did it, because you're probably my my best Christmas resource. But um, she was otherwise occupied, and a true fan like yourself would never do that. You were available when I asked you to, to, to do this show with me.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, anytime, anywhere, I'm there. We'll talk about <laughs> it. Well, that's what a good friend
0: does. And so, so I wanna really I don't want to waste people's time, but you guys get a, a feel for, for Tina and, and her deep insight into life <laughs> spiritual condition of the universe. But I want us to talk about Christmas a bit. And I think, you know, I've watched you for years now, and um, you know, you're married, I'm single, we've talked about that a bit. So it is a bit, I always find it intriguing when we have such a solid, strong friendship, but we share such different lives. And and when it comes to Christmas, our, our lives and our story of Christmas takes on a completely different style. And so I'd say half of our listeners are married, half are single. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to give people tips. I have a list, actually, of awesome topics that we're going to go through. But maybe start us with, you know, and, and, and I would add probably that you're one of the most, you're, you're my, my sister Diana, who I'm going to have on the show soon, but you do life on a budget. Mm-hmm. Would, I,
1: would you say that's true? Yeah, I'd say I'm budget conscious. Yes,
0: uh, which is a wonderful thing that I aspire to. I'm not as 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 great at that, and part of it is because I'm single. But I think that um, which which, by the way, is a lousy excuse to say that I can be undisciplined in some areas of my life. But but I think it would be awesome to talk about how you have made Christmas very, in my opinion, from watching your stuff, very rich and solid despite living on a budget and that it's doable to build tradition. So we're going to talk a bit about that today. Is that something you're interested in doing?
1: Sure.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about Jesus. How's that too? We could do that. Amazing. And start by telling me maybe what is one of the biggest challenges that you have found in the holiday season, starting from Thanksgiving, moving into the Christmas time?
1: The biggest challenge that I face and that annoys me the most is when people ask me what my kids want for Christmas. They say, give me a list of what your kids want for Christmas. And I've been working so hard all year, you know, to make them not like want things. And, um, you know, TVs changed a lot. When we were kids, there were commercials every, you know, we'd watch the cartoons, there's commercials. So we were always faced with like, Oh, these toys that we want, but our kids don't have that as much with the dawn of like internet TV and limited commercials. So yeah, they still want things, but it's not like they sit around making a list. So when people ask me, what do your kids want for Christmas? It's just like perpetuates this um, material, um, you know, material desire that I don't really love. Well, what do you do when they ask you? Do you end up giving them a list or do you just I say? Do, like- I do. I, I actually kind of write the list myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Right. Things I think they would like, because when I ask them, um, my daughter, Ella, like I said, she's 12 now. She doesn't have much of a problem coming up with a list. (laughs) But the boys kind of are like, I don't, you know, they don't. um, They either want one, like a hoodie or they want an Xbox One, which is $300, which is not happy don't get an Xbox. I made a mistake. I got my nephews an Xbox. I
0: thought I'd be the cool aunt last year. It was a gift that almost destroyed my sister's brain and sanity. And she almost committed a murder in their home, really. And eventually the Xbox died. So so, somebody did die, but it lasted way longer than it should have. And I lived in utter remorse. If you're listening, do not buy anybody an Xbox. In fact, what do you think in general about tech items for kids?
1: I, I think they're fine when you can limit the, it's really, it's just really hard to limit the amount of time, especially with some of the games now that don't have like an end. Like you can't say you get 45 minutes while well, their game's not over and they can't press pause because they're playing with other kids. What do you um, do? I make them stop and they die or whatever. What do you, they're doing. <laughs> how do you do it? I mean, your sons are just getting a little
0: taller than you. Ethan is growing up and yeah. how, do you, how do you do it?
1: I just they just know that they're they have a time limit each day and once that time limit hits they're done. So. Has that
0: ever yet happened in your family? And my sister's kids are a little older maybe than your kids, but has it led to like ha- have you had conflict over that or have they been fairly, you know, obedient kids and just like, "Okay, mom, we love you. Turn it off."
1: <laughs> in the in the respect of limiting their time, we started that at a like a really young age, so I think that was it's not as difficult now because we started it young. Like that's one of the things we did right maybe, (laughs) but yeah. So it's not a huge deal, but yeah, as far as just the whole Christmas season, I think the whole materialism thing, and I love stuff. Like I'm a, my uh, love language is gifts. I love things like, but that are meaningful. Um, But that's just one thing that really depresses me during the holidays is just that it's turned into this massive you know, consumer I do,
0: honestly. And I, I mean, even it's funny because you really are one of my closest friends and I might, you know, I mean, my hate language, you know, is a love language, there's a hate language is gifts. Like I yeah. cannot.
1: Do Which gifts. is hilarious because we're such good friends and like we're opposite in so many ways.
0: Like I can't even think about getting someone a gift, not because I don't love them, but because it gives me, just hives and anaphylaxis. And so like, potentially you might have hurt from a friend like myself who might not have spoken that same language. And so what I've, so how do you deal with hurt at Christmas? Because this happens every single Christmas. You sit down, you open presents and you are so misunderstood by everybody who should know you well. Yeah. What do you do about managing that hurt in your life?
1: Well, might- I think the way you manage the hurt is by shifting the expectation. So if you realize that Christmas isn't about these things isn't about the material, uh, gifts, but it's about Jesus and the, you know, the celebration of him coming to earth. And that's easier said than done. Of course. Like I've received gifts where I'm like, do you not know me at all? You know, because for some people. What's the worst, what's the worst gift I've ever
0: given you? I'm trying to think. I, I don't think I can think right off. because It's probably like a nothing.
1: Oh, I remember, I know, um, slippers that were like three sizes too small.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I don't even remember getting you slippers.
1: You got me a cheese grater once because we, we – it was an inside joke. But, yep, I still have the cheese grater. That sounds like a fabulous gift idea. I would highly once. want Christmas. I don't think I have it. There's going to be a good
0: white – like pan bath Indian gift thing, which I, it's one of my list items is it – let's talk about, like, the, 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 you know, what kind of protocol or etiquette at gift giving. So you
1: hate a gift. How do you receive it well? I am um, – I'm really good at faking it, I guess. Like, I can pretend I love it, but or just not act disappointed. But then, like, Joe— I thought you loved the slippers, case in point. What? I thought you loved the slippers. Well, (laughs) I mean, you didn't really remember getting them for me, but, I mean, like, I have the biggest feet of any friend you know. So, I mean, really, it's not your fault. You I'm like, I have size 10 feet. So my point is you are very gracious. And so, you oh, know, it's, okay, thank you. it's better
0: to be gracious, right? I mean, somebody worked hard to get you a gift. Like, yeah. like you that versus being like, I hate this thing.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, what in, do you- in some cases people aren't good gift givers and they just, you know, it's like this requirement in a family to give a gift. And so they just f- find something and wrap it up because it's, it's That's a stressful me. thing.
0: Yeah, that's me. Exactly. The day before Christmas. And I do a gift card, which I never know. Is it better to do a gift card or a check? Gift card. But you see, I I know in principle that's true, but I struggle with that because I would think like you can do more with a check. You can go to the store that you want. It just I know it feels impersonal, but it's so much more practical.
1: Yeah, I know. I used to be anti-gift card, but when people ask what my kids want, that's generally what I say. Because like Ethan loves books, so get them. And you know, Amazon's always a good option, but...
0: Well, and so now here's a question. So you get a gift you don't love, you act gracious, you say thank you because you're understanding that, you know, they love you and they've tried to, when do you, when is a good time to ask for the receipt so you can return the gift?
1: <laughs> That's, you can never do that unless it's like someone really close to you that, you know. Right.
0: Well, so what's the best gift you've ever gotten?
1: Oh, oh, man, this is hard. So my husband is even more thrifty than I am. And, um, except for when it comes to Christmas decorations, like all, there's no holds bar on Christmas, them. right. He's yeah, he is like world. Chevy chase in Christmas. Right. As you know, you've seen our house. Right. Um, but one year he bought me some diamond earrings. Oh, so yeah. Like, and I never wear them because I know they were really expensive.
0: I know. Um, It's so bad. What is wrong with us? right? but it
1: meant so much because I knew that he, it took, you know, it was a lot for him to spend the money, but he, because his love language isn't gifts. It's access. But he, um, like just the fact that he did that and spent all that money and they were diamond earrings. I mean, who doesn't love, what woman doesn't love that?
0: Well, and i found more and more, the older I get, I know people talk a lot about getting experiences versus gifts, which stresses me out because I think it can can be much more expensive to get someone an experience, like tickets to the theater or trips and such. So for my disclaimer to people who are listening, who are just going through the practical, what to get for Christmas, don't fall for that. I mean, you know your family's budget. And one of my questions to you, I mean, like, what's a great gift under $20? I I know that sounds cheap, but but honestly, for some people – that's a lot. And like, but there's still some great things you can get somebody for under 20 bucks. Oh, and yeah. Thinking, you, you might be a good resource. Like, what are, give us some ideas. Where would we go? What, what are some female, male kids to sort of categories that
1: might work? Okay. Um, well, daily devotion books are awesome. Last year, I bought um, 10 of the Paul Tripp daily devotions and just like had them so that when I wanted to, you know, had needed to give a gift. And, um, it's, that's a great one. And, um, I know you have a daily, a daily devotion book that just,
0: oh, I didn't even pay you to say that. I was even going to and be like this year, it'll be the daily dose or I don't period. know,
1: but I'm serious. Those are great gifts because it's just, um, you know, people love the little short, if you don't have a lot of time in the morning to do a, a short little daily devotion that has a lot of, you know, good content is valuable. So yeah, you didn't tell me to say that, but it's true. Daily devotion. Um, I think my my daughter loves um colored pens, so like I have you know, she loves those, are cheap. You mm-hmm. go on Amazon, mm-hmm. they have pens, games for kids. There's like really fun little card games you can buy for kids under 20 bucks. These three, a the couple of them that are popular. Quick Q U I X X. Um, you- Quix, um oh. we love that game, it's a di- that down. yep, dice game, and um. Quiddler is a fun game uh for it's like a word game with cards like you guys are into cue games. true it's, it's true we are yeah. I didn't I didn't put that together but yeah those are two like really fun um fun ones that we pull out and play my favorite is
0: taboo which is an old 80s game oh, yeah. I yeah. it wrong, but it's, it's a word game too I love word
1: games they're very engaging yeah. oh um, bananagrams yeah. have you ever played bananagrams love it. yeah that's a good one those are great, like little little gifts that generally people enjoy. Um, I bought Scrabble at TJ Maxx, and it has
0: like a gift. Um, so it's maybe a little higher than twenty bucks. You can get, I think, fifty bucks, but it's like a great gift to uh, give because you can play it. And so I played with my nieces and their friends. And a, I might not play it again because they beat me, and I was a little ashamed. I'm not gonna lie. But b it takes time, so now you, you've kind of bought some entertainment too. It's that's an experience. It might not be yeah. a trip, but it's, like, yep. it's fun. It is fun. Okay, that's cool. And so, what about? So we did like books, we did games. What else?
1: Um, yeah, like like I said, those markers. Any uh, artsy stuff is generally less than twenty bucks. You know, people what's a great
0: will, book for? You have a teenage boys and girls. Like, what's what's a good sort of series or I
1: can't, I
0: can't mind? Are your kids readers?
1: Yes. Well, Ethan's like. Loves like the science, science, and like um, the Lord of the Rings series. He loves that, and yeah. been through all of those. Um, the uh, C.S. Lewis "Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe" series is great for kids and families to read through. Um, my daughter is kind of like on and off with reading, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. She-
0: well, and don't you think with the books like um, I found? If with my, my, I have one nephew who loves to read. Like I still get him paper books. Rather yep. than ebooks. They still enjoy them more, I find.
1: Yeah. My Ethan loves paper books and in fact he's asked for many of them. The ones that he's already read, he wants them to keep. Which I don't get because I'm so cheap. Like I'll go to the library and read it and then take it back. But yeah, he wants to build a library, so What do you do when your kids like
0: you you open presents and they're clearly disappointed, right? One or one kid has a better gift than the other and they might not, but they see it that way. How do you do those teachable moments with them to be like, you know, do you wait for a different time? Do you address it right? Do you get mad at them? Like you ungrateful brats? Like how do you deal with that?
1: (laughs) Um, I think what you have to do is say you're going to grandma's house and you know it's going to be, you know, you're opening gifts from family. Um, you almost have to give them the talk on the way and just say, hey, listen, you know, they've bought these gifts for you that, you know, they thought you would like it. So, mm. like, you know, obviously it's harder for kids to pretend, but, um, you know, just giving I them to the talk about. I love this thing. Thank okay, you. What did they get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I really needed new socks. Right. Oh.
0: We've talked a bit about, and I want to come back to it, because I think this is the heart of what I think is the Hope Podcast, and it's something that you brought up, Paul Tripp. He just wrote a blog this week about this way of Christmas that has set me as the center of the universe, Mm. which really leads to what you hinted at already, which is this failed expectations. This is where our hope fails is is we think it's about me, that I don't get what I want, that I don't go where I want, I don't eat what I want, and everything falls apart for me when Christmas is really not about me. Mm. So Advent, for instance, we're going to be playing this probably a few days before Christmas, so we're still in this Advent season. Like, What are some practical ways you as a family have practiced this Putting Jesus at the center of Christmas Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in simple ways, maybe that might be practical.
1: Um, So when the kids were younger, there was this really fun uh, thing that we did where a group of moms got together and there were 20, there had to be 24 moms and each mom was in charge of uh, making 24 ornaments, the same exact ornaments. And it went along with this book. So every mom went home with a set of 24 and this book that went along with, um, the ornament. And so you'd read about something from God's word about Christmas, about Jesus. And then one of the kids would put the ornament on the tree. Um, so that was fun. And I, um, don't remember the name of it, but maybe in the show notes, you can put it, um, for, it, but you could even almost make
0: up an ornament, right? I mean, you could even oh, yeah. do this as an activity for sure. with the family, potentially. Yeah. So
1: our kids have kind of grown out of that. <laughs> it was, they're very, it was very elementary, Kind of book. The one I bought this year that we just actually started last night is called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, an Advent Devotional. And the author's name is difficult to pronounce. It's Asherita Shushu. It's C I U C I U. Um, But we just started last night with Hope, the Hope Week. So you um, light the candle and then five days of the week you do a short devotional. that leads you to Christmas. And so do you
0: guys practically, I know this is so basic, but like just for families who might not be doing that, like, do you do it at dinner. Do you do it before bedtime? How do you practically do it in a busy yeah. schedule?
1: So, um, we just started, we switched our kids from a private school to public this year. And so we really had a desire, um, to do a Bible study with them weekly. So Wednesday nights we devote to Bible study. And so that's when we're going to do our main, um, It's 20 minutes, you know, it's short uh, where we do a Bible study together. And then we will probably at bedtime do the other night. It's five minutes for the rest of the week. So for the Advent season, we'll probably just right before bed, sit on the couch and read the short devotional. And then there's like five verses that go with it. I did last year, I bought for myself uh, and I ended up giving it to my sister or two years ago.
0: And then I did it for my sister. The Ann Voskamp has a children's version of, book that I loved, And then this year I got a gift and maybe good time. You guys heard the Nancy Wolgamoth uh, podcast recently. So she, I got a gift uh, in the mail of her, the first songs of Christmas meditations on Luke one and two. I mean, maybe you're listening to, to this and you've already missed two weeks of Advent. I still think there's time to pick up something. This book is a resource. I don't even know that they sell it. I think you donate to the ministry. You can go to revive and get it. But point is there's a lot of great things that help focus the conversation onto. the, Christmas, besides The Elf on the Shelf.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, not my friend. Not you don't friend. do Elf on the Shelf? Nope. <laughs> Why not? I Okay, so the funny thing about me is, like, I do like Christmas, but I am a super Grinch when it comes to Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of one Christmas movie I like. Not one? Not no. Elf? No. That's an annoying movie completely. No, I'm an yeah. adult not man. The That's like not a- The Grinch. Not The Grinch. Nothing, nothing. You know what? The Grinch, the one with Jim Carrey, I, yeah, I kind of like that one, but it's like, I can't stand the first 69
0: minutes basically (laughs) in the 75 minute movie. And my little four-year-old nephew watches it and I can't understand. And he reminds me over and over again that he's bad at the beginning, but he changes and he's nice at the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, Joe and I joke with each other sometimes, like we'll say, if I would have known this about you before we were married, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so this is one of those things where he's like, if I would have known. So you don't do, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the Hallmark movies, um, Christmas with the cranks, all of those movies. No, listen. The th- hard part is my husband is Mr. Christmas movie. He loves all of them. He has like the countdown calendar with a movie every night. And it's like the grace of God in my life that <laughs> I can't <laughs> – so help so on the shelf is out and it just, it's
0: become really in some ways, the advent of so many families, like that is what they do. That is the focal point of Christmas. And I mean, I think for that, I mean, he's fun. My nephew has it, we, you know, but don't idolize the guy. I mean, for goodness sakes, like they like keep things prioritized. Right. I mean, that's the the key at Christmas.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fun. But the thing is, all these fun things add up and just add up to a whole ball of stress. And that's how you like kind of lose the whole focus of the season is.
0: Because it's another to do, right? Oh, my gosh, we didn't do the Elf on the Shelf. Our family is such a loser family. Like, like, what do singles do? I don't do Elf on the Shelf because I know where he is if I put him. Like, you know, <laughs> that's not fair. I feel like there's like some discrimination. Who's going to come to my house and put that thing somewhere? And so I
1: mean, if I still lived in Illinois,
0: I would do it. Well, and and, and I appreciate the sentiment tremendously. I would leave
1: slippers for you
0: at the front of my (laughs) doors.
1: Two small slippers.
0: I got to confess something. My my sister-in-law, they're really into this kind of stuff. And and I don't know. She doesn't listen to my podcast. So I think I can say this freely. But like they do these cookies on the sidewalk for Santa and his dears. You know, like for, I mean, seriously, like what in the world is that? (laughs) Really? On the sidewalk? yeah, like, you know, on the driveway for the, the night before Christmas. Yeah, but Santa they're, doesn't even go on the driveway. He goes, I guess, this deer. I don't know. I mean. They're on the roof. Why don't they put them on the roof? I, I'm going to suggest that this year. <laughs> I don't know. And and I sometimes feel bad. Like, I I, I want to minimize that. I mean, there's a spirit of Christmas, but sometimes I think we've taken it too far. Now, if you are listening and you put cookies for Santa on the sidewalk, or on the roof, I would love to hear from you. Tell us what, what you you know, what is that about? I would love to know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it.
0: Right? But, yeah. So, speaking of food, what's your theory on Christmas and food?
1: I just asked the kids today what their, their favorite part, like what they're looking forward to most, and they said the food. Really? Yeah. Christmas I would, food? I would host Joe's family every Christmas morning and we would have the same thing. Like they just wanted the same thing every year, which makes it super easy. That's a tradition. What do you make? Um, Like this, there's this thing, like it's a, a berry bread pudding that I make. Can you put um, a recipe on your Insta or something for later for people to... I can give it to you and you can put it in the show notes. That's what... Yeah, you could do that. That's what people, people do. That's what podcast people do. That's right. Show notes. Uh, the, uh, an egg casserole with sausage. All these are very easy things to make the day before. Um, we have ham and then there's like this cheesy potato thing, all very healthy items. Mm. And, um, <laughs> cheesy potato sounds like it's, it's one of those great. Ham stuff. cheesy potatoes, bread pudding. It's like you're vegan. If you're vegan, except right. out on the couch the rest of the day. But yeah, right. like I just love, um, knowing, and I don't really make those things any other time of year. So. You know, it's funny. I think that's a big theme in our family too—food. And I, I do agree. I feel like that's th- between Thanksgiving and Christmas,
0: that's a huge highlight. Is is the treats? You know, like do you ever have you ever done the cookie exchange with people? That's always fun.
1: Yeah, you know, I love to bake. So um, it's like Joe uh, is Sicilian, so he makes cannoli from scratch. Like we pull out the fry daddy once a year deep fry the shells yeah oh yeah he's hardcore so that's fun ella and joe do that she took my job with deep frying because my
0: friend lynn they make homemade donuts one of those christmas dates or yeah yeah the day after christmas i don't know one of those that's awesome yeah i I should be part of that tradition i love cookie exchanges but no one has ever asked me to be a part of one well what kind of cookie would you make i uh (laughs) yeah that's a great question I don't think I, think I have to get one of those uh, cut-off things. That have you, you ever have. made a cookie? Well, you know those things you buy at the store where you take a piece out of the – there's like a long tool house thing and I you have put them the on this, dough. I think I've done that, yeah. The long tool. That doesn't
1: count. It's called it's, dough, Lena. It's called dough. It,
0: you wouldn't know, right? If it's no, I, I got to admit, maybe that's the reason I haven't been invited to, to – <laughs> If you're single, you've never been invited. You're in good company. And uh, I'm sure if you're single, you probably are a chef. And and, and and guys are lining up to date me at this point. I can feel it in my bones. Um, all right, so... So let me ask you your favorite. Uh, I just got a bunch more things I want us to cover in the next few minutes. Okay. Uh, let me on through my list because those are fun. Okay. So, uh, w- there is one serious topic I want to get to in a minute. Family stress. So put that on the back burner for a second. How do we deal with family stresses? Uh, onesies. Are you a fan or not? Onesies? Yeah, it's the thing now. Haven't you seen? Wait. Like they snap like a baby one. Like they put these like in the legs and zip up. Heather Headley wore one last Christmas. Oh
1: footy yeah, footy pajamas. Oh, I call them onesies. Oh yeah, no, onesies are what babies wear. Footy pajamas are in or out. Um, for adults, I don't think so. Not for me.
0: Wake out, man. That's an out. If yeah, that is an out. That is, if you want to be hopeless at Christmas, get a onesie. That is like your all your hope is in a basket outside of the house.
1: Yeah, remember the, those blankets with the arms? That's like kind of reminiscent of that. What were those called? Snow? Yeah, those those have gotta be like out. <laughs> okay. okay. So um
0: these are serious ones. Here we go. Best Christmas uh, album or song. Like what are, what's a good
1: Oh uh, You know what? I kinda knew you'd ask that. And I love Ha, ah, there's so many you know the like o Come, o come manual I love, Joy to the World. All those old hymns Do oh, hmm? you go Caroling. No.
0: My sister does and it's a great tradition. They I take the kids. I've not joined them. It's always cold but they go and they visit um like little I should have had my sister on the show with us. She's got great ideas. They do these like uh, old um home you know senior citizens homes yeah. and they go in and do that and uh the kids play their instruments and that's been a huge hit. They come to my house. They and, do. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, wonderful except I don't have any cookies to give them when they come but they still come. Um, what's a great white
1: elephant gift idea? Um, well, funny you should ask. I just spotted, there's this hilarious thing on Amazon. Uh, it's called a dancing goat. And you it, like you press the button and the little goat dances. How much is, is it? Six bucks.
0: Oh, that's yeah. actually not bad. Well, I, 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 uh, and I won't say like if you prime it, then you can get it right away. But I read this thing on Facebook yesterday where people were critiquing Amazon Prime. Like it's taken us into this new um, culture of, you know, no, no, refusing to wait. And it was like the spiritual article about the badness of it. So we're not going to start a debate on Amazon prime, but uh, my favorite white elephant usually is anything that I've trying to get rid of in my house.
1: Yeah. Is that well, fair- I, have a, I have an idea for you for that. Okay. After Christmas, when I, um, still lived in Illinois, a bunch of girlfriends and I would get together and do an all I didn't want for Christmas and oh. wrap up one of the things that we got that we didn't like. That's then, brilliant. Yeah, it's really fun. And just like some of this stuff is crazy. So that would be fun for like an after Christmas. Even on New Year's, you if you're having That's a party. Great idea.
0: Oh, Tina, that is worth the show right there.
1: <laughs> one for
0: Christmas party. That's awesome. Yeah, um yeah. Where, what are, I'm looking here. Okay, here's easy ones. Um, my sister asked those yesterday. I said, I'm having Tina on the show. What should I ask her? We talked about gift versus gift guard, gift guard versus check. She had one other one, um, gift wrap or in a
1: bag? Oh, gift wrap. Bags are out, huh? Did you show that you don't care? I just think if you present a gift in a beautiful, you know, and make it look desirable, I think it makes it that much more. Right. You know, yeah. I, uh, I'm a bag. I'm going to tell you guys, I don't know how Tina and our friends, I'm a total throw it in a
0: bag, throw the gift card in a bag. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Throw the check in an envelope in a bag. Yeah. That's it. And, uh, and, and, and my, by the way, checks are bad because you always have to give more than if you go find a gift and cause it just feels like you're not doing a lot. So I think I might change my strategy. Um, here's another one, expensive or cheap wrapping paper. You ever bought that stuff at the dollar store?
1: Yes. You know, where I buy wrapping paper that's inexpensive, but good quality is Hobby Lobby. Oh, yeah. I mean, cheaper. I know it's going in the trash, but if it's going to tear while you're wrapping, that's a real pain. And you have to use double the paper anyway. So...
0: Part of gift giving, I think is this concept. I, I really do. I mean, I know, you know, I hate, we talked about how much I hate gifts, but there is something special about getting a nicely wrapped gift that shows that you really care about someone, isn't there?
1: Yes. A hundred percent.
0: And so as much as you can knock Christmas, be like, it's, it's materialistic. I think if we can step away from it, remember Jesus at the center, and then sort of think my giving a gift is showing this person, I love them. Yeah. And I think that changes it too. Um,
1: Well, and we stepped away from like, oh, I see something that makes me think of you. I'm going to buy this because I think you'll like it. Not necessarily because you have it on a list. You know what I mean? It's just like, what happened to that? Where we see something that we think someone would like, instead of just like, why don't we just make gift registries, (laughs) you know, like for Christmas, right. Right. And it's
0: like this whole culture with the kids like that. Right. So let's go back to this concept of family stress. Um, We both have big families, a lot of people to divide it. What what have you done with, I mean, is is Christmas more stressful than the usual seasons with family or less?
1: I think, I think you, again, like you just have to, if you have expectations that it's going to be some magical thing, then it's just going to stress you out because there's always drama at Christmas and and tension and you know, all that. So if you kind of go into it, expecting some level of that, it's not as hard, I think.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: I mean, I, you know, we,
0: we, we love each other in our family, but we love each other loudly and argumentatively. Got it. So, I mean, I, I mean, and we're, I mean, we always the same people get together at the holidays. We don't, like my sister's husband comes and my brother and his wife, like they don't go back home to Lebanon where her family. Is. So, so we tend to be in the same dynamic, but yeah, I think expectations are at the root of so much of this, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and I also think when you know you're going to be approaching a stressful time, like it's just lay it before the Lord in prayer and ask Him to go before you. You know, I know it sounds like, <laughs> but right. those are the times where you especially need to to pray. And because we're often at our worst with family, why is that? Well, I think maybe because we know they're going to be there next year too, right? Right, and, and, right. But it doesn't make it right, right? So we want to show so the love of Christ to them. <laughs>
0: well, and how exactly and how do you find time to pray in a busy holiday season
1: yeah that's like with anything in life if you don't have purpose behind it it's just not going to happen so you have to consciously you know like doing the advent thing every day or trying to help your kids not to focus on the stuff like it's not just a one one and done thing like it's a practice that you have to do every day not just in december but through the whole year like you were saying how do you teaching your kids gratitude isn't going to happen necessarily on the way to grandma's. It has to be something that you're instilling in them and yourself right, all year long. And so that Christmas time is when all like the stuff comes out that maybe like, the good and bad, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I, and and you just do it. I think you're right, right? You just have
0: to. Like, somebody recently asked me on a Facebook Live I did, like, how do you find time to make the Bible a priority in your life? Be given that you're a doctor and you're busy, and you think about Christmas, which is busier for everybody. And and like in my mind later, I thought I gave him some answer because I was put on the spot about how I started reading the Bible and stuff. But but it's almost not even that complicated. You just do it. You make it a priority. Like like you can't not like you know ahead of time you're going to be in a tense family situation. Everybody has it. like, it has a crazy relative and it's just fact. I'm the crazy relative. Right. I mean, and you're like, nobody's going to like everything you're going to, I mean, there's just all sorts of hurts and wounds that come up at Christmas. And so you just have to be physically, spiritually prepared. Don't you? Like you just have to make time to pray. You do it now today, yep. Yep. you know? And and I think, again, this is where, like, I think where we've tried to create these resources for people so that they can find s- simple ways. That's what I've loved about the morning minutes is they're like short ways to stay connected to the Lord during the day. And, and while that might not be, you know, like maybe the ideal thing is to read through your Bible in three days. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, the point is to stay connected to the Lord. How do you do that? We do that in a way that is intentional, right? Because it's not like it's ma- how do you do you magically wake up in the morning and start praying? No, nobody does that.
1: Well, and even um, you know, there's so many resources. Like you're in the car, you can listen to a podcast. Like it doesn't have to all look the same. Where you're sitting at your kitchen table, and then snow is magically falling, and you have a cup of coffee. You know, like for everybody, it's going to look different. And so, if that, yeah. you, you kind of just have to figure out how to make it work for you, but you make it work. You're in a new church, how
0: do you connect with your church people at Christmas when it's like you're just starting to make friends and that's always
1: awkward yeah i um I'm pretty you have to again be intentional and i'm I'm totally about um community and like jumping right in <laughs> and You go to everything I do and like just serving that's how you're gonna meet people is by serving at church how are we even
0: friends? I'm the opposite. Like I never show up to anything. You always go to like, this is crazy. I'm always like, you know, I don't find connections in church. And meanwhile, you've been there like three months and you're really into it.
1: Well, I mean, when we talked about how I first like was introduced to you, but the way we really became friends was serving together. We, you were a women's ministry director and I kind of just, you know, um, we connected that way and we served together for three years. And, yeah. and honestly, and I say it like sort of tongue in cheek, but you do, you just show up, you just show up, there's
0: an event, Tina's there, like, you know, you're like, and you're serving in some capacity. And like, sometimes I think we're so weird about church, like we're waiting for an invitation, you know, and, but it's like, you just, if there's something pot, like, go, I know you don't know anybody, but just show up. I don't know, buy something pre-made and put it in a dish from home. That's what I would do.
1: Yeah. And, and it's not like, um, it's without, You know, there's been times where I go to something and I leave in tears because it's just like, I don't feel a connection, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's, it takes time. Like, and you know, I hate that. I I mean, I know I want immediate gratification, but you know, I'm getting close to 40 and I'm learning finally (laughs) that good things take time and just, uh, develop. And the
0: older you are, I think the harder, like you're in a new environment, I think the, the friendships are harder to make the older one gets.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I think, um, I saw that as a challenge to be, uh, to be had. And I, you know, that's, I, I got involved in women's ministry pretty quickly and in a Bible study on Monday mornings, you know, all the things. And, um, and now I have made connections and they're good. And I've been invited my Bible study over, you know? Oh, wow. You're going like, you really, like you're living in a different sphere. spirit. I mean, I feel like we had a fresh start. So I was you're- like, going to go for it here.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> guys, if you're listening, you might be on the Tina spectrum, you'll be on the Lena spectrum. The beauty is that I think, you know, we're all part of one family. Yes, we are. And really, and I think, you know, I think the hope that we have, I mean, really, I want I want us to end, maybe let's end with this, because we're coming here towards the end. and yeah. um, I, I, I want to end with, what's your favorite part of the Christmas story? Thinking back on God's word, I don't know if you've got, I mean, but, but sort of is there a segment of the Christian story that has, that, of the Christmas story that has always kind of drawn you closer to the Lord and, and really kind of stirred your heart in hope when you think about, I mean, Matthew and, and Luke are sort of the two big passages. Or maybe that's not, maybe there's a different passage of scripture that has meant a lot to you at Christmas. Maybe we could kind of wind our thoughts with the word of God and, um, and sort of leave with that hope. Because I find that that's ultimately where I've centered my life is the hope of God's word.
1: Yeah. Um I think the New Testament story is amazing. Last night when we were doing our little Advent on hope, it took us back to Isaiah where it's the prophecy of Christ coming. And I think that is amazing because thousands of years before he came, mm. it was spoken. And um God knew those, you know, thousands of years before that he was going to send his son. And I just think that that is so, it's stunning, you know, just to know that he knew the story and he knew how, what was going to happen and he knew, and he still sent his son for us, like us, you know, (laughs) we're so lousy sometimes, but just, um, remembering the grace that Jesus brings and just washes over us such a amazing reminder every day. Um, yeah. What, what's your favorite part of the Christmas story?
0: Well, it's, um, you know, this. I, I actually think there's a lot of great parts. I mean, I think what I want to maybe bring out is something that I'm, I'm preparing for a Christmas talk. And this podcast will probably run after it. So I won't. So this will won't be, I don't like to always talk about what I'm going to be teaching on until I teach it. But in this case, I will have already taught it. But I I, I was asked to do a, a Christmas talk in December, and I'm going up to Green Bay to a church there to do a talk. And, and they had asked me three months ago to give them the title of the talk. And I don't, you know, like, I'm a last minute, I haven't started my Christmas shopping. And like, I'm just not that person who's going to plan ahead. And so I waited, I, I had to come up with a title. And so the first thought that came to mind was, please come home for Christmas. And I, I didn't even know the song. If you read the song, it's actually a very kind of sad song about somebody who's not home for Christmas. And, and it's not even a hymn, you know, like, I was like, what was I thinking? But I've been mean, sort of thinking about this talk that I'm giving that I will have given when this podcast runs. And I, and, and you know, it's one of the things that has struck me this year. And I, I love that every year you can go over the Christmas story and something new comes to your attention. And it is that no one was home at Christmas. When you really think about that original Christmas Starting, and I'm going to actually teach from starting with this John. John starts in the wilderness, you know, that's sort of where, right before Luke 2, we see that he was in the wilderness, so he wasn't in his home. Then, of course, you get to Mary and Joseph, and they're not home, they're traveling to. to to register in in Bethlehem. And so they're in a manger of all things. Jesus is not home. He comes from heaven to earth. And so here we've made Christmas about home and going home. And ultimately it's because we're all invited into the home of the presence of Jesus. And so you kind of go back to probably one of my favorite verses of Scripture of of Christmas, which is Emmanuel, God with us. That's the promise that we're given in Christ. And so I, I just think with the, I mean, this year with all the work that we're doing with the refugees and thinking about this concept of home, Some people listening right now, you guys are going home to places that you wish weren't your homes, broken homes and hurtful homes. And and yet our home is in the presence of Jesus. And I think if we can, you know, whether you have an idyllic home and the decorations are up, the music is playing and everybody's loving on one another and watching, you know, it's a wonderful life. I mean, that is not reality at the end of the day. That might be one in a thousand people listening. And yet even that is not the ideal of home. It is the presence of Jesus that can happen no matter where we are. So that's really been sort of this massive reminder for me this year that we are home when we're in his presence, which is what the the shepherds went to Jesus. The wise men went to Jesus that, you know, everybody kind of made their way to Jesus and found home. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I didn't mean a little mini sermon there, but anyway, that's the hope I think of Christmas. And I know that. Um, you being, you know, just having life, doing life with you. I know that you stand behind those things so much and you have been able to practice and model those things in your home. So I want to thank you for being on the show today, for talking about Christmas and how can people maybe get to know you more? Is there like, tell us your Instagram and your Facebook. I don't know, just ways to connect with you. If people want to email you for gift ideas, craft ideas, website ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Instagram is, well, I used to have a business called Sweet Flowerette. I haven't changed the name on my Insta. So it's Sweet Flowerette, like flower with an ET at the end. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then my name is, you can find me on Facebook. Um, watch key, like a watch and a key. That's how I tell people. That's funny. Yeah. And yeah, that's it for now. I mean, until we become famous, you know, famous podcasting right. team.
0: Right right until then we can uh, uh follow you on instagram anyway it's been great i can't wait for you to uh get my christmas present this yeah, year meaning me. cannot wait wow <laughs> size 10s coming your way it's hilarious and i'm looking forward to the cheese grater in one of those uh, what you did not want for christmas <laughs> This has been awesome, fun, and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Hey, Merry Christmas to you all. And um, as usual, you know, you can find me at livingwithpower.org or on Insta, Facebook. Um, Hey, if you're struggling this Christmas, send us your prayer request. We'd love to pray for you. Alina at livingwithpower.org. If you want a devotional and uh, maybe you can't afford it and you really would like to start the new year with a fresh start, email me alina at livingwithpower.org. Uh, We love you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have an awesome, awesome season with Jesus.